kids realize that genitalia that's different from theirs exists. <laughs> well, I just, it's like the, the line of questioning is so great. It's like, what, did, did you always not have one or did you like lose it at some point? Especially I mean, with little boys. Cause I, I think I have this feeling like little boys just sort of identify through their well, genitals. And I think it's one of those things that, that typically lasts forever. Well, I don't, I think it's interesting because I don't know if that's the same for, uh, for boys who grow up with, uh, siblings who are sisters. Yeah, it's probably true. So like if they grow up seeing more vaginas, they might be more used to that. That whole idea that like, not everyone's born with the same stuff. Yeah. I will say though, I understand like, it's lucky to have boys because it's easier to clean. Oh, you're listening to No Good Parents. I'm Ariel. And I'm Brian. Do not mistake this podcast for anything remotely helpful or educational. The world of No Good Parents is based in a reality that doesn't exist. In the world of No Good Parents, there are no rules and there's no such thing as child abuse. Yeah, if, if you if you want like genuine expert advice on parenting, this is definitely not the podcast for you. <laughs> Tune into somebody else's show for that. We don't, not here. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to talk about sharing. Learning when and how to share can be tough for kids and some people never learn. So let's get into the scenarios. I feel attacked. all right i guess i'll take the first one here okay so um in this scenario your baby got a stuffed monkey for his birthday which he loves his three-year-old sister also loves his new monkey and takes it away from him whenever she sees him playing with it in front of her what do you do all right well you know brian in the second noble truth of buddhism buddha says that the root of suffering is attachment. So this idea of ownership and possession is just a very Western idea that I feel needs to be sort of uh, like just sort of taught. We need to move away from that. And that is how I would approach this scenario. I think that in order to teach uh the kids not to be attached to this stuffed monkey, I would set a ritual fire, like a ritual bonfire in the yard and throw the monkey into the fire and like let them watch the monkey burn and sort of feel the way that that detachment feels. Like just feel the loss, process that loss and move forward less attached. Okay. Um, I mean, I think we're going for the same end here, just a different approach. Cause obviously in this scenario, it, it's just time for the three-year-old to grow up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the three-year-old, the it's three-year-old never too gr- early to, to learn not to get too attached to things. It's not too early for the baby either. Right. Right. But, and, and, and equally not too early to learn to grow up. Like this kid needs to understand that, that, that little monkey is not hers, so she can have it. Well, what is hers? Possession is just a construct. Well, either way, it's not It's not a monkey. She can't mess with a monkey. That's the story because it belongs to the baby. That's that's at least how, how in this scenario it goes. So I just think <laughs> it would be important because, you know, at three, they're not super smart, but they can understand some basic <laughs> concepts. 
So this is the perfect time to sit them down, especially if you have Netflix, because you got a ton of this stuff on there. You, you just have her watch these long form documentaries about children that don't have anything to eat. So that like the kid can learn to appreciate what she has. She can stop being such a spoiled brat. But Brian, does no, she no, really- No, I'm talking about nothing to eat with the distended bellies and the flies in the eyes. Let her see that. So she knows that, that there are real problems in the world and the monkey's not yours. Can't have the monkey. But you, the, the idea of yours and possession, it's just like, it's just so Western and it's just unnecessary. I mean, it very well may be the case, <laughs> but I like the stuff I own and I, you can't have it. That's just how it works. All right. So I'm saying. Your nine-year-old and your five-year-old boys both love playing video games and will play them together, but they often have a tough time agreeing on which game to play. What do you do? So I'm actually a fan of video games as a parenting aid. I, mm. I truly am. But I think they should only play the games that prepare them for the real world. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, there are plenty of games like that. Um, and I don't think that they should be allowed to play the games that they like because they only want to have fun because that doesn't teach them anything, right? <laughs> so in this instance, both boys should only be allowed to play realistic war games and other titles dealing with war things games? like, yeah, war games and your, things dealing your sons with- sons are going to inevitably grow up and go to war? Well, what I was going to say is a lot of these war games deal with like zombie apocalypse. Oh. And that Seems very well likely. could happen. Yeah. Okay. And that like, you know, any game that teaches them how to, how to become preppers. I'm just saying, cause like things go wrong and they should be so prepared. Games in which they learn how to uh, develop an agrarian society and learn how to barter and trade and like sort of, no, that's listen, that's, that's build a commune. I think that's fantastic. Listen, this is not Woodstock. This is the real world. All right. And, and seriously, I mean, if they, if, you know, maybe learning to do the agrarian stuff is fine. So like they should learn how to grow tomatoes and stuff, but like, seriously, they're going to have to store like dry rice. I mean, that's how this is going to work. Cause like when the zombies come, it's real. I'm just saying they're going to need to learn how to, to make food and like keep, keep water clean so they could drink it and shoot zombies and people. <laughs> that's real life. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I just, I really just don't think video games are necessary. How are they going to learn to steal a car if they're not playing Grand Theft Auto? Come on. Uh, I don't think that video games are really a necessary part of play. And I think that it, it's, it's totally valid that you want your kids to learn real world skills. I think instead of playing the video games, uh, let's go outside and actually just make a garden. Let's grow a garden. Let's get some sheep. Let's like maybe get some ducks. Let's get a whole farm, whole farm going. Let's actually just start prepping instead of playing video games. Like, I don't want to teach them how to do that stuff. I want the video games to teach them. That's why we well, buy them. I hope it. to be a part of my children's future in the zombie apocalypse scenario no so way I... <laughs> oh listen by that point we're going to be too old we're not going to be able to outrun zombies i mean we could, we'll probably be able to do it for a block or two but by that third block and you're like getting up there in age you know it's you're going to be like man i'm like 45 i can't run i mean i've been Excuse saying me. that since i'm 35 that's not really the point i mean two blocks i could beat you 
My third block, it's 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 going downhill. The zombies. You think got that me. we're going to be too old to outrun the zombies, but the kids, they are going to need to know how to defeat the zombies via video games. I think that just like teach them in the real world how to do that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, but like in our community, people get really upset when the kids are out there shooting off the guns. You know. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. All right. Moving on to the next scenario. Um, so in this one, your four-year-old likes playing at the park with her friends, but she gets upset and throws a tantrum if another kid starts to swing on her designated favorite swing. So what do you do? Okay. So she's having these feelings of possessiveness and attachment for this favorite swing, quote unquote, mm. her favorite swing and I think that she needs to learn how to let go of that. And the only way to escape from uh, her attachment, her feelings of attachment, and you know, I think it's great to start, I've, I've said this before, it's great to start teaching meditation early. Huh. So I think that if she starts to have these feelings, if she starts to have these feelings of uh, being out of control and losing the control over this swing that she views as her possession, which, you know, it doesn't belong to her. doesn't mm. belong to anybody. It's a swing. Um, she needs to take some deep breaths and she needs to recite a mantra. And I have a suggestion for this mantra. Oh, oh. and that is all swings are good. No swings are mine. All swings are good. No swings are mine. I shall take whatever swing is available. Huh. And that's exactly what I think needs to be done here. So the more I hear you talk about it, the more I realize how much I dislike the whole subject of sharing as a whole, because I think it's a very <laughs> communist idea, but I digress. Okay. I think in this scenario where, where the, the four-year-old girl uh, feels that her favorite swing has been stolen from her because some other kid is on it, I just, I, you know, I understand that it is no longer okay to raise entitled children. <laughs> so I think in that case, you really have to sort of shame her behavior um, in just a sort of memorable way, right? You, so you want, like, really want to create like a bad memory. So I would make her watch the <laughs> you child. You want to give her a trauma? Yeah, well, no, listen, I mean, I'm not allowed to raise entitled entitled kids. And, I, and you know, I'm much... Like I said, I don't really believe like sharing is a real thing because the real world's not going to give them sharing. I don't know that the other kids should be forced to share the swing either. So I just think in this case, you make her watch the child swing on her favorite swing and just make her like watch the whole time. Like, I don't know if you ever saw Clockwork Orange, but they they, they pin the guys open to make them watch all the things. Watched, in the but I am familiar with that scene. Okay. So that's what you do to the four-year-old girl here. And then once the other child is like done with the favorite swing, just as you can see the sort of like the joy returning <laughs> to her watery eyes with all the snot everywhere, I would just at that point explain that the swings are now off limits due to her incredibly terrible behavior. No. Poor yeah, no, girl. that's how you do it. Listen, I think that while I... I don't hate the idea of making her watch another person swing and her favorite swing as a means to sort of accepting that she doesn't own the swing. I just, I don't think that you're handling the emotions very, very well. See, Not I very think it's important. I think it's, but that's the thing. I think it's important to shame the emotions so that you make the emotions go away. 
Oh, Brian. <laughs> good strategy. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us on the No Good Parents podcast. We're going to get right back to some scenarios after this message. Got a long layover and can't handle the thought of spending it alone in an airport with your kids? We all know traveling with kids is a nightmare, so why not give yourself a break? Little Wings Daycare is here for you. Located in an airport not near you, as far away from your terminal as possible, Little Wings Daycare is a place for you to leave your kids while you enjoy all the overpriced food and drinks the airport has to offer. If you want to get hammered off of $27 beers without worrying about whether your kid is about to fall off a barstool, as the person next to you silently judges you and looks like he might be plotting you or your child's murder, just drop your kids off in one of our facilities. Each Little Wings Daycare has its own attendant, features completely padded walls and floors, a slide, and a ball pit. 70% of kids say that Little Wings Daycares are, you know, fine. Our Little Wings Daycare attendants are at least 18 years old and know how to call 911. Much like lost luggage, any lost children will be returned to you within 24 hours after locating. Please note, we are not responsible for any damage to children nor missing parts. For locations and hourly rates, visit littlewingsdaycare.com. That's littlewingsdaycare.com. Welcome back to No Good Parents. This week, we're talking about sharing situations like this one. Uh, in this case, your 12-year-old daughter frequently borrows your 14-year-old daughter's clothes without asking. This causes some pretty big fights between them. So what do you do? Oof, fighting with teenage girls, that sounds like a nightmare. Sure does. Whew, I'm so glad that I grew up with a brother. Um, anyways... But, 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 um, again, it sounds like they're, that your, uh, 14 year old daughter is feeling these feelings of possessiveness and attachment. And again, we're dealing with those emotions. Um, so I think if they cannot come to an agreement between the two of them on how to share their clothes, because it sounds like if they are the same size, they're wearing the same clothes, they're, they're into the same kind of styles, they should be able to create a shared wardrobe with the clothes that they both have. Hmm. Um, I mean, if these are my kids, then I wouldn't be buying them separate clothes. So, I mean, this sounds like a problem that could be sort of negated, sort of at the beginning before this happens, but so wait, wait. If this... you would just buy, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I understand this. You would buy communal clothes for both daughters. Absolutely. They can share clothes. Like they, huh. they, they don't, they don't need their own possessions again. Like that just is such a Western thing to be attached to my clothes, my we, outfit. But we do live in the West. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't mean we have to subscribe to the, that set of beliefs. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be stupid to, like, follow the level of beliefs in the area in which you live, right? It's, whatever. I do that. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I think that if they're having this issue, they can't figure out how to sort of equitably divide and share the clothes that both of them possess, um, 
you have to get rid of all of those clothes and replace them with one shared closet of clothes. Huh. So okay. The- I mean, I don't, I don't think you and I are that different on this. I mean, no, we're totally different on this. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I, I always like to remind the kids and I think, you know, and I don't have teenage daughters, but I think in this case, I would do it the same way. I'd like to remind them that they don't actually own anything in the house. Um, all items in this house belong to me. Well, they don't um, belong to you either because none of us really possess anything. No, no. But like what I'm saying is everything in this house is mine <laughs> and they own nothing. And I am kind enough to share that with them. Not because I believe oh. in sharing, but because they're my children and I like them sometimes. And you and don't want child protective services to take you away. There's that too. That. There is totally that too. <laughs> I feel but like I that's a big motivator for you. <laughs> often. But I think the important thing is like, again, this idea that they understand that they're kids and that everything in this house is not theirs. Like they, they own nothing in the house. And I, and I, I don't really think the older girl has any right to claim ownership of the outfits. And as such, she doesn't really need to be consulted on the borrowing the clothing. If anything, the parents do, because they probably bought all the clothing. So I would just encourage the younger daughter to always take what she wants from the older ungrateful daughter. That's how I would roll with that. Okay. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Oh, well there's, you know, little Tommy, little Tommy's rich. No, little Tommy's 12. His parents are rich. There's a difference. (laughs) That's true. And that's just, that's how I operate this house. So if I had teen daughters fighting over this stuff, I'd be like, nah, all those really cute little dresses and outfits, those belong to me. Because you look so good in them. Well, I would say it differently than that because I realize after I've said it how bad that sounds. But yeah, I mean, you get the idea. All right, moving on. (laughs) Your 11-year-old son has a friend who frequently borrows sweatshirts and toys from your son and sometimes forgets to return them. Your son likes this friend a lot and doesn't mind sharing, but feels uncomfortable when he has to ask his friend to return his belongings. What do you do? Well, again, this, you know, I'll just reiterate what I've said before. I'm not really a great fan of sharing, per se. Um, I feel like the world doesn't really provide uh, any handouts to anybody. And and nobody really shares anything in this life with you in your adult life. So, uh, you know, it's really more every man for himself. Uh, so I think, you know, and, and listen, I, I, I have some heart. I appreciate the fact that the boy really likes this friend, but we're not raising a beta, you know, we're raising an alpha child. So that fact is completely moot, whether or not my, my son likes the other kid. Uh, so unfortunately, sometimes you have to teach other parents how to raise their kids. As they say, it takes a village of tough dads. Um, I don't think anybody said that, that, but I'm saying that that it takes a village of tough dads. And and so I would bring this up very angrily with the other boys' parents. And I would tell them that my child will not be associating with filthy beggars. No, seriously. I would, I would remind them that my child is not responsible for clothing their child. That's their job. And I would make sure to have this conversation with the parents in front of both boys so that both boys understood what, what that doesn't good and bad parenting and where the alpha is here. Right. It sounds like the alpha is you, not your son. Well, yeah, but where, where's where's my son going to learn to be an alpha? That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Well, I just, I think that in this case, uh, this, this kid is setting a really great example. 
um, the kid who is borrowing and doesn't really f- remember to return because he doesn't have as much of an attachment to belonging. Of course not. He doesn't possession. own any of the stuff. Well, presumably he he's ha- stolen it from the of, other child. Presumably he has sweatshirts and toys and stuff too that his parents bought for him. Um and he doesn't he obviously doesn't feel that same sense of attachment to belongings and i think that uh your son in this situation could learn a lot from this friend and he should just take a page out of his friend's book and sort of treat all of their belongings as communal property so like these these are not my sweatshirts these are our sweatshirts these are not my toys these are our toys same thing goes for belongings that happen to live at this friend's house so we're not thinking of these so much as possessions anymore like i own these you own those other things but like they live at my house and you're welcome to them whenever you want right but there's only one boy in this dynamic that's doing that right that's not there's nothing communal about that make it a two-way street that's well, but the I'm other saying. boy doesn't want to share his stuff. He wants you my kids' You don't know. Crap. You don't know that the other boy isn't open to... What, is he offering it or bringing it over? No, he's just <laughs> taking my son's sweatshirts and whatever else. And okay, his, tough dad, okay. And his Grand Theft Auto video games. <laughs> All right, tough dad. We heard you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next we have No Good News. As in my favorite. I love it. because It is your favorite. Cool. What's No Good News, Brian? No Good us. News is, is a segment in which we talk about uh, parents in the news doing parenting things. Parenty stuff. You and know. then we give you our take on it. It's that simple. <laughs> so in this episode of No Good News, a woman went viral for sharing a TikTok video in which she brought her baby along with her to a job interview. Oh, so cute. Uh, this mother was having trouble arranging for childcare for baby Milo. Oh, what a nightmare. The name's cute, though. Uh, because of like all the COVID restrictions and, and just a bunch of other issues. So when she called to reschedule her interview, the company said, actually, like we're a really big family company. So they invited her child along for the interview. So and what since it sounds that, like is he got the job. Well, so <laughs> since that interview, the mother has been offered the job. I don't know if she took Ooh. it, but they, they actually did extend the offer. So I'm guessing the kid didn't do too bad on the interview or, you know, the mom and the kid. And she just at, my favorite part of this story is that she dressed him up in a little outfit, like a little little interview outfit. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I mean, do you want to do you want to take this first or shall I? I'll go first. Why not? Um, This is such a cute, heartwarming story. The childcare situation in the U.S. at least is atrocious. So I really applaud this company for extending a job offer to this lovely mother who brought her beautiful son to her interview. And I think it's really cute. Like the whole thing is just really cute, but she also just doesn't need that job anymore because she's internet famous. So thanks company, but no thanks. <laughs> well, my, my first thought on this is that it's never appropriate to bring a, a child to an interview ever. Maybe You're, not in like traditional. No, ever. Um, you know? Your child care issues are your problem and you don't get the right to burden a company with your family issues. Now, that being said, I think it is pretty fantastic that this company uh, and this family have found each other because it obviously worked out for all parties. So I think that's great. And I do give the mother a ton of credit. So just don't think I'm bagging it. She, she got 
I don't know how many, how many, some million views on TikTok. She doesn't need that job anymore. Well, but just generally speaking, right. And, and, and like, listen, she deserves all that stuff. And I, I, I was going to give her credit here. Just didn't, didn't sound like I was bagging on mom. Cause she made sure like to comb Milo's hair. She dressed him in a seersucker suit. Oh my God. She, I'm she just created a baby in a seersucker suit. She <laughs> created a resume for him. My ovaries. And shine the wheels on his stroller, right? Your ovaries. Gross. Uh, (laughs) So her ability to turn a potential negative into a positive makes her a very strong candidate for any job. Uh, But again, I think it's internet celebrity. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't really know. Is that really something like she got a million trillion views? I don't know. I mean, how much money is that really? Um, I mean, if she does it right, she doesn't need a job. She can just keep making videos with Milo, the cutie. Well, right. But she I, like, listen, her intention was not to go viral. I mean, she just kind of struck gold. I mean, it doesn't mean they're gold, you know, just go with it, honey. Just go with it. I don't know. I think you, I think you got to take the job because I don't <laughs> think anybody else would suffer that. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of this episode and we always like to finish with our child food and beverage pairings. So suggestions of what kind of potentially boozy drink you can pair with kid food, which isn't always that great. And this week Mm. we are going to pair drinks with bagel bites, which just for the sake of argument is pretty great. What? <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, they're not good. <laughs> but they're definitely like 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 Who 12 decided? year old Brian. 12 year old Brian right now is is a little excited. I'm just saying. Because <sighs> bagel bites were were definitely a thing. I mean, uh, I think anyone who was like a kid in the 80s or 90s has a special place for in their hearts that are now clogged from all of the sodium. Probably true. Um, for bagel bites. But whoever decided, like, let's take, like, a like a super bready bagel and turn it into a pizza. Like, let's take something that's already carby and make it even carbier. I agree, let's, but... Like, freeze it and add more salt. But, you know, like, the thing, what is it? The, the What are the little ones, the pizza? Uh, I can't think of what they're called. Aren't they bagel bites, the little ones? Well, yeah, they they got those, and and there were the other ones, pizza rolls. And those were good, too. But, like, seriously, the amount of blistering and burning in your mouth after eating those, (laughs) because even after, like, an hour, it's still piping hot on the inside. So So, I don't understand how the pizza rolls work, because if you eat them too soon, they burn your mouth, but then if you wait for them to cool, they're cold and disgusting. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it depends on the time. I don't know. I just remember every you just time burn I ever... your taste buds off and then assume that it tastes good. It's pretty much it. <laughs> it's kind of it. But I will say with bagel bites, um, you know, you give those just a couple minutes to cool off and everything's fine in there. And I think, yeah, because like you said, they're, they're dense. Like they're really dense. They're so bready. And yeah, um, so I think something like light and juicy works here. So that's why I would recommend a Chianti. Did I say that right? Oh, yeah. A Chianti might work there. Yeah. Um, also, also, if you're not going to do wine, are you going to do like a like a whiskey or something? Oh, OK. I'm not. Rec- but OK. I would recommend a cheap bourbon to pair with your cheap frozen pizza if you cheap prefer to go that bourbon? route. 
what what about if you go like really high end with the bourbon and then bagel bites? Is that is that not okay? I, yeah, I, I mean, I just I, you probably could, but you know, I think that anything just seems like such a baller move. You know, I, th- well, I think anything that you get cheaper, like you can get more of. Do that, right? Like a who? Like a rapper, they would they would pair their like. The, like, if I'm being honest, the last time I listened to rap, Cristal was big. Like, so I don't know what anybody's drinking. Like, I, I think Hennessy's a timeless classic. So if you want to do that, I mean, that's fine. Like pair your bagel bites with expensive brand, uh, bourbon. Or cheap. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Like, well, I'm going to go with first your after your bagel bites, you need to drink one of those uh, gallon bottles of water. <laughs> Just, just to combat that sodium bloat, um, just just flush it all out of your system. A uh, gallon of water, and then uh, once you're ready to like really pair, like you've you've had enough water to to balance the, out that sodium. Um, I'm gonna go for a dry rosé because they pair with everything. Like oh. I just love rosé with almost everything. Um, and I'm picking a bandol because that's as good as it gets. Uh, I might've paired this with something else, but I just love pairing it with everything. Um, and a bandol rosé is from the bandol region in France. It's Mediterranean. And, uh, some people say that the flavor is sort of influenced by the dry Provençal herbs that grow. I've always said that. They grow on the hillside where right. the grapes are produced. Um, so you've got thyme, rosemary, wild mint, and fennel that's sort of influencing the aromatic grapes that go into this beautiful dry rosé, bandol rosé for wow. your bagel bites. Huh. I feel like you went a little higher brow than I did. That's uh... <laughs> surprising. Not really. No, not really at all. <laughs> <laughs> well that uh, that kind of does it for us on uh, no good parents so thank you so much for joining us for another episode of of this podcast or something uh, do we're please podcast, we're think. definitely um listen you can reach out to us at any point at no good parents at gmail.com uh you can you can send us scenarios that you want us to attack with our oh, expert parenting um or even if it's you know you know, pair, pair something with this. You send us that dish or, or whatever. Um, we'd Anything love to have you, you be want a part. us to talk about basically send yeah. it to us. Listen, we're obviously terrible content creators and we can use all your help. And if you do actually have a podcast Thanks, that actually, Ryan. yeah, well, <laughs> half of us anyway, I mean, I'm great, but we're working on you. I'm joking. Uh, but seriously, if you have a podcast that gives good advice for, for like parenting kids too, Definitely. Uh, feel we free to reach out. We'd you. love to have you on. So you can tell us how stupid we are uh, in front of all uh, three or four other people who have downloaded this, uh, this, and we know them. Uh, and to that point, please do find us like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Download, subscribe, tell your friends, all the things. And yeah, yeah we'll see you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace.